Welcome, welcome, welcome to Real Raw Now, where you will be continually uplifted, continually encouraged, and continually blessed. We are about to have a powerful interview with our evangelist, Ilona Price Morris, who God is blessed with gifts of evangelism and prophecy. And she has the, God has given her the ability to be able to reach out to people, to people of different nations and of different issues. And she's about to interview our powerful lady, Tara Ishmael, who is also a prophetess and uh, who God is blessed with. Uh, visions and dreams and we're just about to be blessed it's about to be powerful it's about to be amazing incredible so just be blessed get ready so, she said baby girl you already experiencing the COVID yeah. you experiencing the virus I mean the the look the, uh, believe in God for tissue paper believe in God for uh, something to eat she said you been going through this for a year huh you ahead of everybody on their way to COVID. She said, God already got you here. She gonna help us come through it. Come on, somebody. Amen. You better hear me. She said, you got to believe for your partner, believe for your tissue paper. I had to believe for to get us something when we get some tissue. Y'all not Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. She said, you were already experiencing the experience of COVID. I said, wow. Didn't think about it like that. She said, you're a year in the game. Don't be funny. I'm done now. No. The real fact of the matter is this. The real fact of the matter is we're all together because God is coming for what he gave us. We're all together because God has brought us as a puzzle to produce something greater than ourselves. See, separately, our struggles are intense. Our struggles seem like more than they are, but together they minimize. We begin to see God speak through us. We begin to see God use us to show us him through us. We begin to see God show us that apart from him, we struggle and the struggle looks worse than it is. Uh, uh, the flame of a match appears to be a brush fire when you're away, when you don't have nobody to, to hold you up. Of course, God is there, but then what is the body of Christ for? The body of Christ is for that threefold cord or that one, two, three, four, five, six, then seven, sevenfold cord. We have different variations of the ministry that all work together. But there's a fire in you that God put in you. There is a part of his voice that is in your vocal cords yeah. that when people hear you talk, they don't hear Ilona. They literally feel as though they're being talked to by the voice of the father himself. You, to whom much is given, much is required. That's why you can't sleep at night. That's why it's hard for you to sleep. That's why you're constantly moving around. That's why you always got a word. That's why you have people, you talk, talk, you, you give them, give them. They thinking you just talk, 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 talk. When in reality, it's a lot of word in you. But we have to get it out. 
You got to have a podcast that's released every week. You got to have a YouTube, a YouTube video that you release out your belly maybe every other day for you to get peace in your soul because God has given you all of that. He's given you a testimony because there's people out there struggling with cancer right now that think that it's over. It's people that the doctor done told them, you got six months, you got six hours, you got six weeks, you got two days. You could go any day now. And they need somebody like you to come to them and say, you know what, they told me I had six days what God told me, no. They, they, they need, but there's some people that you're not going to be able to reach just in the street. And some people that you're going to, somebody going to tell them about they, your video they seen or your podcast they heard. And guess what? You ain't going to have to walk to them. They're going to do it at one point of a button and send a link. And then they're going to tune right into you and hear your story. And the passion that God put in you. Because it's one thing to deliver the message. I can deliver a message. You can deliver a message, Jelly. You can deliver a message. You can talk like I'm talking right now, but the passion that you have when you talk, when the Lord, when you, I'm going to say speak, when you, when you minister the gospel, when you, when you evangelize, when you deliver, it's a passion that a person knows you not phony. It's not something you just saying so you can fill a collection plate. You get what I'm saying? It's not, it's, and, and then you raw and uncut, so you're not trying to, I'm not trying to tickle your ear either. I'm not trying to yeah. say what you want to hear. I'm finna, what I'm going to give you is going to be exactly what God wants you to hear. But look, more importantly, <clears throat> you know, if I don't do my part to push that out of you and to pull that out of you, then I got to answer to God. And then where do we, where are we? What place am I truly holding as the leader of this household? If I can't even leave my wife into her calling and to pursue what it is that God wants her to do. It's always on timing. See, we, we don't worry about what where she should have been because right now is where she's supposed to be. It's right where you're supposed to be because now you have a greater story to tell. Now your story has a happy ending. Do you understand? Amen. See, if you would excel before we met, you'd have a testimony and say, well, God, now I'm doing this, but where... I'm still, it's something that I feel is still missing. And I believe that because I say, I was say, I'm not going to be able to end it with you. When she was talking about Mr. Kim, Pastor Kim, to where, you know, Ilona was a little bit more excelled and, you know, assisting birthing another uh, minister. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it's like, wow. You know, I just said, wow, that should be me or could be me, you know, added to that list, you yeah. know, because I've done so much for the kingdom, but then, like you said, you know, oh, you put yourself on the back burner and say, well, I'm not. So, like, but like he's saying, she's on time. It ain't off the track or anything. It's on time because he's pushing, you know, pushing her into the destiny that is needed, yeah. you know, to elevate. You
The race is not given to the strong or the swift. It's not given to the pony to take out the gate the fastest. It's not given to the one who's who's the strongest in the ministry. The Bible says what is given to he or she that endures to the end. So he or she that holds on to what they're supposed to do, no matter what. And they pursue and they push until the end. And by the end, what do we mean? Until you leave this earth. So the best thing I can say is we could look backwards and we could probably sit here and talk about for hours and days about what level you could be at, how you could be bigger than Juanita Biden right now. We could talk about that. Or we could take the steps necessary to make you, to make, to have you walk in what is fulfilling the God's eyes. Because what you just said carried a whole lot of weight. And I don't know if everybody heard it, but I heard it. And what you said was, I'm not looking to do this, looking for money. That's where the problem comes in at. He said, God said, I'm going to reward you. I'm going I'm to take care of you. Because of the fact that you're doing this from a pure place. Because I really love people. I don't want to see people broken. And I want to help people that are lost. And I want to free them from the captivity in their minds. You understand? And that's enough. That's enough for him to want to make sure you never have to worry a day in your life. I'm going to show you I trust you. Financially, I trust you. Because I always give it back to him. I'm in a favor, Tyler. And I miss nothing. And I give him everything that I can. And he told me I trust you. And he always has. I know. But the question you got to ask yourself is, how long will you make him wait? He done put it all in you. He done carried you through the struggle. He done gave you all the stories in your life you need to feed people that are lost. Amen. Yes. I tell you the stories. I tell everyone go. Amen. Amen. What what happens when what you think is good enough is good, but not enough? What happens when God is requiring more for you because you have the ability to save millions? Right now, the team, the tele, right now, the med, the the medical industry is putting billions of dollars into promoting cancer. This and this is true. They're putting billions of dollars into promoting the fear of cancer. But why? Because the devil, if he can get you to fear it. It opens the door for it to come into you and operate in your life. And they don't know. They don't, thank you. Yeah. Say it again. And some people don't really have cancer at all. Amen. In yeah. fact, it's, it's the treatment that really kills them. It's the Yeah. So, understanding that, you begin to understand this. Somebody's got to bring them out the darkness. Somebody's got to lead them out the wilderness. See, I am definitely a man of God, and I definitely, I definitely know I have a calling to bring the word, 
through music and through preaching. But you got something different. You got something greater on your life. Yeah, so, I mean, just think about it. There's so many different things, you know. From that, from you beating that. From, from the Lord pulling you through cancer. From the six-day death sentence. From... From from making it to the seven day mom coming in and checking on you every day, making sure or or heart, you know, holding her breath, wondering if you're there or if you're alive. To them telling you my daughter wasn't gonna make it. To them telling you that she was gonna take one breath and pass away. The devil constantly trying to tell you, trying to get you to believe that you did or you're gonna die. Like he's doing every day, every minute, every second. Even as we speak, the devil was speaking through some doctor telling somebody that they're going to die. You're going to die. You, I don't know when you're going to die, but you're going to die. When God is telling them they're going to live. If you just trust me, you're going to live. And then they need somebody. Because I, can't, I can go talk to somebody with cancer. I can go pray for them. Well, how they gonna receive me? Right, right. Oh, you beat it too? Ah. I met this old lady when I was at the hospital. And they called her so mean, nobody, nobody could deal with her. And I couldn't find out, you know, um, one day I was in the bathroom at my job, and it's always when it's quiet. Because I work in the county hospital. It's always busy in the bathroom. But it's always when it's quiet is when God is about to move. I would always know. It's always uh, full of people. And every time that it's real quiet, I would get so nervous because I knew he was going to have me minister or something was going to happen. So this older, very um, much in age, like probably in her 70s, maybe 80. Um... She was at the bathroom sink and she was um, washing her hands, but she had hair all over her, like her back, like long strands of hair. And um, I said, I asked her, can I take it off? You know, do you mind if I take it off? And um, she said, um, sure. And as I was getting off, I said, there's a lot of hair. She's like, yeah, I'm fighting cancer. And right then I knew yeah. why the bathroom was quiet. Yeah. And, um, and I said to her, yeah, I know what that fight is like. Because for three years of my life, I was fighting cancer. And um, when I got to the fourth stage, which was called term four, means terminal. Uh, they call it stage four. Now, um, I told her they gave me six days to live. And she said, you? And I said, yes, me. And she said, wow. And I began to tell her about my journey. And this old lady, I promise you guys, she was bowled over. She she walked bent over. And this lady looked at me with this spark in her face and this light in my eyes. And I'll never forget it. And I wish I could remember the name right now. She said, if he could bring you through that, if he can make you live, then so can I. Uh -huh. 
and so can I. And this little old lady was feisty. She would, she would come to my job every day. Everybody was the cafeteria people like, how are you dealing with her? Because nobody like her. She, she me. She come sit at my uh, uh, table. She come to the my my job, knock at the door, and she would always say, come on, let's go on lunch because we gonna talk about this guy. She was real, you know, she was like, I don't believe in him. I don't believe in God, but it's something about your story. And this woman, she fought and she fought and she fought and uh, uh, she started growing her hair back. She had sores in her body and her legs and stuff. And she started being healed from her sores. And I would tell her, the chemo is a, a sustain, but it, it ain't going to be the thing that heal you. Hallelujah, because it can kill the cells, the good and the bad cells. I said, but what's going to heal you is prayer and the word of the Lord. And she started visiting the chapels, and she would come and tell me, I've been going to the chapel every day. <laughs> <laughs> I've been going down there talking to your God. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> And that lady, she pushed on for probably way past another year. And then she stopped going around the hospital. But I knew. And she was so feisty. She would just come get me. Nobody said they still could deal with her. They would not be able to deal with her. And she would sit there and say, how are you doing this? For the directors in the cafeteria, people, managers, I said, it is the Lord. And it's His grace. And she loved me. And so I do know in like my, um, I grab it. My husband is saying about, and I'm saying this so humbly. I owe God. Hallelujah. I owe the Lord. Because um, when I was given, um, when I first was diagnosed with cancer, this just a little snippet real quick. I remember asking the Lord, you know, my grandma always told me that, that about God and uh, um, her dying when her dying when I was seven years old. She always told me about the Lord Jesus. And so when I got diagnosed with cancer at 15, I was so angry with him because I felt like this was the same God that my grandmama spoke about. So I remember asking him, you know, when I got 16, Am I going to die or are you real? And if you show me, I'll serve you. And um, that's when the Lord showed me himself. But the, the thing that I'm trying to get to is that he said, um, I've been waiting for you. Get your Bible inside. Get that Bible inside of your hospital bed. The whole time I never knew that that Bible was there. That whole year. And I heard that voice so clear. And I, I mean, I'm in there on a pastor, no deacon, no preacher, no teacher. And I'm, what, 15? Now I just had hit 16 at this point because I was cussing him oh, one year. And uh, when I got it, this is the part. It landed on um, the book of Psalms 118, um, verse 17. That I shall not die, but I will live to declare the works of the Lord. And so... Like my husband was saying, I owe him. Whenever I notice that scripture, it's steady unfolds before me. It's steady. 
He's steady revelating it to me that I wouldn't die. I wouldn't die a physical death, but I would live physically to tell about the goodness of God. And I begin to um, acknowledge that any day, any day of my life, if I don't say something, if I don't share something about the Lord, I always would tell my daughter and even the stranger in the street, if I don't say something, that's why I spill over on people and, I, and, and I'm talking to them so much because I, I'm so full. Or I, I, God put this thing in me, which is a promise, and he done filled me to continue to spill out. And so when I don't share it, I feel like I'm dying. Because it was a covenant that was made that I would not die, but live to declare the words of the Lord. So the day that I don't share it, the day that I don't declare his words, the day that I don't um, uh, give somebody him or speak of him in that manner, I feel like I feel like a death process. I feel like I'm not alive or I feel like I'm losing that life source. You understand? I mean, like, have you ever played a Pac-Man game or uh centipede or Gal galaga these are old school games but when any of these games now I'm, I'm assuming that when you're playing them when you're getting at a certain level you gain more men or more power and um and and and, and now you got more juice or whatever to keep going in the game when I speak of God or share his goodness, I feel like I gain more life, like there's more strength, like I get this more surge or more power in my veins. And that's why Jeremiah said it's like fire. I feel like life sources are flowing through me when I share the Lord. Um, while I'm giving life, uh, 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 loosen life because it's words of spirit in their life. While I'm losing life, I'm receiving life. It's like this double-edged sword, this double-edged blessing. And that's how I feel. The day I don't, I can feel it. I feel, so I'll say something. That's why I'm always uh, on my family or my friends just kind of, I know for lack of better words, but I always tell them vomiting on them. <laughs> Sharing God's word. But I do owe him. And I'm going to say this. Um, and I, I, I will, by the help and assistance of my husband, my daughter, my friends, um, take it to the next place for God, to the next level for God, um, to a vaster people for God, by his help, by his assistance, because I, I can't do this without the Holy Ghost. And um, he is bold in us, you know, and that's one of our prayers for holy boldness, righteous boldness, you know what I'm saying? Um, humbled boldness, right? Boldness with meekness. Is that an oxymoron? Amen. Amen. Uh, where it's not cocking, but it's but it's a, a confidence in God, a conviction, a strong conviction that he is, right? That he is who we say he is, and that he is who he has displayed himself to us to be. Amen. But this one other statement about my husband saying about the voice of God coming forth from my voice. My friend Sharon Martin, her son is a real tough young man. When I say he's strong and kind of maybe a little bullheaded, maybe a little stubborn. He don't like to hear a lot of people because he's very smart, but he's kind of into it. He's kind of in himself. I don't want to say into himself, but in himself. If I could say that in his own head, sort of, because the other folk is uh, kind of feeding a lot of garbage and he knows, so he doesn't want to listen. But 
He seems to listen to me when I'm sharing God and helping him with the Lord. But one day he said this to me. He said, I don't really care to listen to this. Leaders, none of them really help me. He said, but you, when I'm listening to you, I literally feel like the voice of God himself is talking to me. Amen. He told me. He went and told his mom. He said, mom, it's something about when I want to talk to me. I literally hear God himself speaking to me. And I can hear her and I can receive. Amen. Amen. So you're on point, shepherd, apostle faith. And keep me lifted. Keep encouraging me. Because it is my true desire and my, my strong uh, passion, my heartfelt passion. I, I sleep this. I like in my sleep. In my sleep, like I wake up in my heart crying. Lord, help me to help somebody. And uh, don't let me live this life out this day. Every day, I'm going to tell y'all the truth. Y'all don't know all the time. But my baby, she know. Her husband, he's learning. You know, we're newlyweds. But I always say stuff like, Lord, don't let me live today out in vain. Don't let my, my, my life today be empty in vain because I'm taking up space because I ain't doing nothing that's concerning your kingdom. Not touching one person, not kissing, not hugging, not laying hands, not ministering, not giving the word, not encouraging. Then you might take me away because I'm just taking up space. Don't let me be vain today or empty. Let me do something that has to do with you. Amen. Amen. Wow. Wow. That was, that, that was amazing. We'll be, we'll be right back with. We'll be right back with Lady Terror Live to talk to you about being a first lady, a mother, and an author. All right. Now introducing the prophetess, the dreamer, the uh, visioner. <laughs> That's not even a word, but it probably—I don't think it is. But anyways, the the fashionista, the warrior, the intercessor. The uh, wordmeister, the uh, the exhorter herself, uh, lady, first lady Tara Ishmael. She is going to uh, speak to you all, encourage you all, um, and may you just be blessed. Amen. So, Lady Tara, I understand you're a prophet, like Joseph, a dreamer. Can you tell us a little more about this? Amen. First and foremost, I thank God for being a prophetic dreamer. Uh, I shared this uh, gift as a young teenager. Uh, early on, I didn't understand uh, being a prophetic dreamer um, to foresight and see uh, what's coming ahead, um, whether it's uh, the next day, a month, or years to come uh, there verbatim, the dreams are prophetic. Uh, there's been so many times where uh, I've given the dreams uh, that I <clears throat> shared with others that they were in my prophetic dreams and uh, they'll come back and give me their, share their testimony or word of truth that it was on point and accurate. Uh, whether it was a, a sign of a warning, God will always give you signs and wonders and, um, in those prophetic dreams, 
the, their signs and wonders, whether they are for warnings or miraculous blessings and healings and things of that nature. And I just thank God for that, being a prophetic dreamer. Amen. And um, when did you first notice these dreams or that you begin to notice that you were dreaming prophetically? When they start coming to pass. When did this begin? Um, my early teenage years. Some of them were frightening because as, as I've said before, they were warnings. And if you're not paying attention to the signs, so therefore I would begin to write them down in a, in a journal, a notebook and see them all come to fruition. Um, but it just knowing and believing, uh, the prophetic, uh, that operating in that gift and to know what to do with it. Amen. One other thing concerning the dreams, have you ever have any of these dreams ever been prophetic dreams over your life or about your future or something in your present? And have they ever manifested? Did you even know that they were about you? Absolutely. Um, God normally shows me uh, the person's face, um, the scenes or what they're taking place as being a prophetic dreamer. I even dream inside the person's home that I've never been there. And I describe it uh, wherever the scene may be that taking place in, in the dream. I mean, even um, former uh, employees that I've worked with, uh, I've never been to some of them home, home, some of their places or mm-hmm. scenes. And I've, as I uh, uh, mentioned and shared with them, the prophetic, um, they always come back to me and uh, share that word of truth that um, as though I was there, mm-hmm. um, even myself, when I've dreamed about myself, it has always come to pass. Wow, that's good. That's great. That's wonderful here. I'm, 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 I'm overwhelmed. Um, that's a blessing. Amen. Um, speaking of a book. I know that you spoke of writing one. Amen. How is the progress of your book going? Progress of the book is going quite well. Um, there are different uh, topics uh, that I've uh, been writing about, um, just facts of life, everyday life, uh, you know, things that are taking place, uh, testimonies, encouragement words are in there, um, and they're all word of truth, um, just to inspire other people and, uh, and overcome by their testimonies as well. Um, some of the topics of uh, me being a first lady, uh, uh, was a pastor's wife, a uh, mother, a mentor, uh, working with young women, uh, teaching them etiquette and just uh, everyday life topics. I uh, was in uh, the leader, uh, president of the uh, Ladies of Grace Department, uh, where we talk about everyday life topics, um, just ministering, um, coaching other women, life coach, other women, uh, in our area and um, in the community, rather. 
Amen. I believe I have one other question. Well, I'm going to make this two in one. What is the title of your book? And what do you want people to receive from your book? What is the title? And what do you want people to receive from your book? Um, the title, it's been changed quite a few times. So I, I definitely have to hear from the, the voice of the Lord to uh, regain the actual title of the book. But I... Um, I had one uh, that's life because we're talking about uh, a daily walk in our lives and um, our journeys that we take. And um, it's just real talk and um, real life occurrence that has taken place in, in my life and other, other people's lives uh, that was been in this journey with me. And um, what do you want people to receive out of your book? Um, I would like for them to receive, to get, to get something out of it and uh, know that their life truth, uh, okay, amen. Um, I would like for people to get out of the book um, that they can be confident and that they can do whatever they desire to do and overcome their challenges and um be a dreamer whatever you desire in your heart uh, that you have dreams and goals to reach don't be afraid to just do it amen that's great that's good that's excellent i'm i'm kind of speechless i am blessed to have you as my guest you are an amazing woman. Um, you stood the test of time and you rode out the storm. And I am yet to see what God is about to do in your life because I believe that you're at your latter end, your latter state, where the word says your latter is going to be greater than your former. Woman of God, you are blessed and you have been a blessing. And again, it's my pleasure. You're my besties of Bessie. This is my friend. This is evangelist, prophetess, Ilona Morris. And I'm out. Blessings.